Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. This is Donna Reese, your hostess and your teacher, and I'm excited to bring to you episode number 20, which is how to turn any passage into a writing source material for middle schoolers and actually other grades as well. So um, without further ado, I'm going to dig right into the housekeeping um, types of things that we need to look at. First thing is that you have two ways to consume how I teach. And so one way is by listening to the audio on your favorite podcast provider. And if you do that, I recommend that you go to Language Arts Lady blog and get your hit number 20 teacher's notebook sheet. And that way you can follow along with the teacher's notebook sheets. It also has free lessons and so forth in it. So all of them do, each one has something free in it that you can use in your classroom right away. So grab that, that way you can follow along in your teacher's notebook sheet. Now, if you are listening to the video or watching the video uh, at YouTube or at the Language Arts Lady blog, you can simply follow along with the um, PowerPoint because the PowerPoint is the teacher's notebook in landscape. <laughs> so um, either way, you can follow along. If you have the visual, it will be much easier to learn um, how I teach the various things. And so I really recommend that you do that. So here in front of you right now, if you have the video, <laughs> is um, your, uh, let me get rid of that, is your teacher's notebook sheet. So I just have this in front of me, first of all, and then I'm going to go dig into the PowerPoint. So um, this is, as I said, number 20, and it comes from a Write for a Month book called Write for a Month Dumbo Level 2. So level one is second and third, two is fourth and fifth, three is sixth, seventh, and eighth, four is ninth and tenth, or eighth, ninth, and tenth, and then level five is for upper level high school students. So we have all levels from second grade through 12th grade. Um, but this particular one, like I said, comes from the fourth and fifth grade book. And that is just because I wanted to have a simple passage to show you um, how to choose passages, how to turn passages into a writing source for your middle schoolers and your elementary schoolers and your high schoolers. But using a, uh, an easier passage is going to be a, a better way for me to explain how to make that happen in your classroom. So the teacher's notebook here, you can see it has some sample things in it. I'm just skimming right through here. I'm going to be going over most of this today. You'll have this free checklist challenge. You'll have this free um, passage and this free, those free outlining lines that go with the passage. You will actually have a week long lesson here for your um, fourth, fifth, sixth, and even seventh graders to use um, right away. So without further ado, I'm going to move into the PowerPoint and start our lesson. So let me start from the beginning here. And here we go. All right. I mentioned earlier uh, that this is hit number 20. So I'm at number 20. There are 20 total episodes in audio and video of how I teach so many concepts. So I hope that you will go back and uh, watch some previous ones. They are at the Language Arts Lady blog. Um, there's a um, uh, uh, menu at the top. You just go to the How I Teach episodes and you click on the one you want and it has the 
handouts. It has the teacher's notebook pages. It has the podcast. It has the video cast. It is all there for you. Um, so first of all, I wanted to kind of preface this with uh, if you are planning to use any of my materials to write from, whether that be um, my complete language arts for homeschoolers, character language arts, or a meaningful composition book, um, which is a one semester writing book, um, or any of my month long downloadable uh, products. I always recommend that you do uh, one of two or both of these things. The first one is that you grab one of my um, tools and tricks books. So we, I have these, these are the covers that I'm showing you right here. These are the old covers. Um, now that my products are at Teachers Pay Teachers, they have all new covers because they have to be square and, and have different elements on them um, that I do not have on these. So these are the old covers that they are super cute as you can see. Um, but these particular how I teach uh, tools and tricks books, they are going to help you learn exactly how to write from an outline, uh, write from a given outline, exactly how to use the checklist challenge. So if you your student completes one of these one month books, you are set. You can just go out and choose any of the 40 month long downloadable books or any of the meaningful compositions, you'll be all set. But the tools and tricks books are really helpful for that. And I had a couple tools and tricks assignments um, in 17 and 18, you can see those there. So that's the first thing. I always recommend that you grab a tools and tricks. This is how I start out every school year with tools and tricks. I use how to outline from a given source and I use how to complete the checklist challenge. Then when you do a, an, out, uh, an outlining and writing project for me, you already know how to teach it. When you do uh, want your students to complete a checklist challenge, you already know how to do that. All right, so here are some of the episodes that have to do with this topic of, um, you know, using source material, using how-tos to complete your writing and your checklist challenge. First of all, episode three is one in which I did a beginning um, uh, writing from a source, and that's a sentence-by-sentence sentence one. We'll talk about that in just a second. That is sentence writing to begin with and then moves into paragraph writing. The next one is episode five, where I teach how to outline from a given source from a tools and tricks book. And then there are three checklist challenge episodes. So those will really uh, give you the background that you need to teach how to write from an, an outline, how to create an outline, and how to do the checklist challenge. Okay, the second thing after recommending that you do one tools and tricks book is that I recommend that you do one of the writing boxes. And I've done a couple of writing boxes episodes. One of them was just on the screen. It is episode three uh, with uh, these writing boxes actually that I'm showing you right here that are from uh, the Dumbo series. But the reason I suggest this is because I always go incrementally as I teach. So as I'm going through here, I'm taking a sentence, first of all, and I'm saying, can I teach students? And I have the writing boxes open C2A at the top. So I am, um, I am literally saying, can I get my students to go sentence by sentence to learn you know, that you have to have the subject, you have to have the verb, you need some great describers, 
you need to, to paint a visual picture and those kind of things. And that is actually done through my writing boxes. And I have a ton of writing boxes um, in a lot of the um, write for a month books. And the writing boxes are in all of the second, third, fourth, and fifth grade um, musical composition books. So they're available in a lot of places. But this is an example of that, where they take a sentence and they choose the synonyms for the words in the sentence, and then they rewrite it. Then they choose the describers. And we're just really pulling this out of them in a very um, uh, incremental and a very clear way. So rather than just saying, you know, take the sentence and write it in your own words, we are teaching them how to with the writing boxes. Writing boxes have been one of our, um, one of, I have a lot of new products in the last five years, but uh, new, new tools and techniques, but this has been one of the hugely popular ones that Joshua and I have written in the last few years. So you can see there, they do the describers, they do it again, they do it again. And then of course, you know me, everything has a sample. If it has, if it needs an answer key, it has an answer key, so forth. So you can check that out. So those are two things that I recommend that you do before you start doing what I'm going to teach you now, which is how to take a passage and make it into a source material to write from. So without further ado, we're going to get into this. Dumbo, this is, as I said, Dumbo 2. And uh, this is my overview box. And if you've watched the previous episode, you know that I always believe in giving expectation explanations. And so that is what this overview box does. It provides students with an overview so that they know what this project contains, what is going to be expected of them, how many paragraphs will they do, how many sentences will they do, what other skills will they learn, and so forth. Um, your expectation explanations as you find your own source material and you get, you know, give that source material to your students, your expectation explanations do not have to be this detailed like this overview box is. But I recommend that you have a place on a whiteboard or on an index card or on a sticky note or someplace where your student knows exactly what this week's project is and what, it, what is expected. I feel like we just do such a disservice to kids when we just say, no, this week we're gonna write something, so get ready. So instead I wanna tell the kids, you know what? You're going to do three paragraphs. You're gonna do four. You're going to do, a, you're going to do it from this source about Dumbo. You're going to like it. it's going to be a story you're going to have fun with it um, you are going to not have an opening you're not going to have a closing you are going to have an opening you are going to have a closing whatever so that students are prepared so that is the overview box for this project now the focus of this particular episode is how you can make a passage of material into a source that your students write from so let me just take you to the four paragraphs that are in this Dumbo 2 book that the students will outline and write from. All right, so four boxes, four paragraphs. So a lot of uh, things can go wrong, right? When we are picking our source and we're getting sources for kids to write from. And um, this is why I love holding their hand, taking them step by step, I'm giving you the source. Now you're going to find your own source um, for this research project, or you're going to write from your brain if it is an essay that doesn't need a source or a story. 
um, I, there are, there's a lot that can go wrong in that whole process. So I like to give them the source, see how they're outlining, see how they're writing from my source and so forth, and then move into finding their own. And so let me just give you some of the difficulties that you can run into with choosing your own source. And wow, there is a typo there. Huh, I just caught that. Okay, <laughs> paragraph. All right. So um, first of all, the first uh, thing that you can encounter is giving too many paragraphs, giving too much material for the student to write from. And so this is a fourth and fifth grade. Uh, definitely sixth graders use this book for sure. So, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth, um, and it is four paragraphs. But you'll notice in the overview box, it said three paragraphs or four paragraphs. So that means it's multi-level. So you can do that as well. You can take a passage and you can say, this is four paragraphs long. I want for the basic students to do the first two. I want the extension students to do all four. And you can tweak that according to your students' writing levels. And I do that all the time in my classes. And it makes it so that everybody is using the same source text, but the expectations are not as great for beginning writers, basic writers, or struggling writers. And it's not a big deal to them. Uh, you know, I think secretly the extension kids are like, you know, proud that they have to do all four. They complain about it and they, they, um, sigh and you know say oh miss donna it's not fair oh my word i cannot i mean i am loving summer so much but the thought of going back with some of these amazing kids and seeing their faces and their responses and watching them learn is just oh my word there's nothing better than that is there so anyway you got me i got sidetracked there thinking about um, my kids, I can just see their faces as the extension kids say, Miss Donna, that's not fair and how cute they are. Um, but secretly, I think the extension students, you know, are kind of proud that they have to do all four. And I think the basic students are just fine. They always joke around about how I'm glad I'm not extension and I only have to do two and stuff like that. But I don't feel like they're like, I'm stupid. I only have two. That that isn't how I approach it. And that isn't how it is taken by them either. All right, so that's the first thing, is not to give so many paragraphs that it's overwhelming. And that is why I like to use the writing boxes first. I like to use the writing boxes because they go sentence by sentence by sentence, and then they take their four, five, six sentences that they wrote, and they put it all together into a paragraph. It's really just a beautiful process that happens in all of those writing box lessons. And I think we probably have, oh, wow, 12 to 15 writing box lessons. Um, yeah, maybe even more than that. I know, like I said, they're in um, many of the levels one and levels two and some level three uh, of the Write for a Month, and they're in all the um, meaningful compositions from two through five or six. So that's why I like to go that, that route. So when you are deciding how many paragraphs to give, you know, if they're not used to writing from a source. If they're not used to writing a lot of paragraphs, keep the paragraphs low. Make it one paragraph, two paragraphs, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, if you can have a beginning and an end, that's even better. So I might, for example, have the basic kids do the last two paragraphs so that it has a, an ending to it, so that it has a resolution. So you can kind of decide that based on how many paragraphs you're going to give them. So first of all, don't give too many paragraphs. Second of all, be sure that your paragraphs are clearly separated. 
Okay, this is having a source to write from. And as I get into the outlining lines in just a minute, you're gonna see that having the paragraphs divided up like this and having separate paragraphs and having separate outlining spaces for each paragraph is the beginning of paragraph break formation. And it has really been a key to my students for the last 20 years, literally never having paragraph break problems. Now they start out with me giving them the source and the paragraphs all divided up. And then they go on to, you know, writing for themselves and knowing that every time they change topics, the paragraphs change. And that is so ingrained in them from my giving them the sources for so, you know, for a while and teaching them. And then also you'll see in the outlining lines, they always have to write the topic of each paragraph on a topic line that also further solidifies that this paragraph is about this, this paragraph is about this and so forth. So be sure your paragraphs are separated out very, very clearly. I like to use boxes like this, but if you don't use boxes and you just have a typed up source or something, um, you could do that as well. Just be sure that you double or, or you, you like triple space between paragraphs so that it's very, very clear or label each paragraph. Now on to the labeling situation here. Um, we call the paragraphs of a body POBs, paragraphs of body. And um, that is because, <clears throat> excuse me, that is because they have paragraphs of body and then they either add a thesis statement to that first paragraph and a thesis statement reloaded to that last paragraph, or they add an opening paragraph before POBA and a closing paragraph after POBD. And so I like to get the lingo down and use it from the beginning with my youngest students that these are the paragraphs of your body. They are the body of your paper. They are the paragraphs that make up the internal parts, the main part of your paper, whether it's a story, a report, or an essay. And then we add an opening, either an opening sentence, which is a thesis statement, or an opening paragraph. And then we add a closing paragraph or a thesis statement reloaded. So I teach about that in some of the other episodes and the importance of adding those later. But for right now, I'm just talking about the labeling here. This particular project does not have a student adding an opening or adding a closing but it, uh, paragraph, but it does have a checklist challenge with it that says, add a thesis statement to the beginning that tells what your whole paper is about add a, a thesis statement reloaded to the very end that tells what your whole paper was about. So we're gonna cover them either in an opening paragraph and closing paragraph assignment or in the checklist challenge when they're told to add that later. So I guess I say all that to say that you don't have to necessarily have a thesis statement in your paper, in the source that you're giving them. You can, but you don't necessarily have to as long as you have them adding it later. All right, so that is enough about the paragraphs. So you can call them paragraphs one, two, three, and four, or paragraphs one and two, or you can call them POB, A, B, C, and D, if you would like. All right, uh, the reason, another reason why I do the POB, A, B, C, and D is because in formal outlining, that is what we use. We use a Roman numeral for sections. We use A, B, and C for paragraphs, and so forth. So it just transitions students really easily from 
these sources given to research paper outlining and writing. So it kind of all fits together for me. Trust me, I've been thinking about all this for 20 years and I never, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about it, that I don't think about how can I teach better? How can I get more things across to my students? How can I tweak that, pro that product so that it is clearer to kids? Test them, test them, watch students' faces, change, tweak. Uh, it, it's just, it's, it's my passion and it's really, um, yeah. So anyway, so now let's move on to another problem and that is the, the sentence length. For those of you who are familiar with um, readability uh, scales and readability, um, uh, I guess you call them algorithms, uh, they are usually comprised of how many words are in one sentence, right? So a lot of times a readability scale will be based on, okay, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11 words in that first sentence. And, and then they go, they do some kind of formula and they figure out how many, what the readability is. Some of them take into consideration syllables, some of them take into consideration paragraphs. So when you are choosing your uh, source material to have your students write from, you want to be sure that the sentences that are in the passages are at the very least at their readability level. Now, let me just go off here for a moment to talk about the difference between readability and writability levels. So kids, well, even within that, we have word calling levels, comprehension levels and writing levels. So kids can word call usually at a higher level than what they can comprehend at. So maybe they could read everything in here, but they don't comprehend it. So that would be their word calling level. And um, readability really takes into consideration the sentence length because they say that that affects readability, which it does affect readability. So you, just because a student can read something, well, first of all, just because a student can word call doesn't mean he understands it. Just because he can read it, word call, and understand it doesn't mean he can write from it. So I, um, I'm very, when I send information to my writing assistant and I say, I want four paragraphs about Dumbo. I want it to be the story and then four paragraphs. I want it to be at a fourth and fifth grade writing level. I want it to have um, only one or two sentence openers uh, per paragraph, if that much. And maybe a compound sentence here and there, but not, not really long sentences, not extremely long openers, not compound complex. And I tell him just what I want out of the passages. And so you can do a similar thing. So when you see paragraph of body A here, the circus animals were amazed by the baby elephant's big ears. You can see that that is a simple sentence, right? Subject verb, you know, has, um, um, by the baby's elephant's big ears. Yep, it has a long prepositional phrase there, but there is not a lot of internal punctuation. There is no internal punctuation. Then the next sentence, when he was older, his ears were still very big. That's still not real long. It does have a subordinate clause opener, but it's still not real lengthy. And so you can see that I try to keep the sentences at their readability level. So I say this, or at the writability level, right? I say this because, um, if you just, for example, go online and get text from you know, a novel or something, and you want them to rewrite that, that section of the novel in their own words, um, if 
you don't do anything to it to tweak it, it could have 18, 20, 22, 24 word sentences, which would be great for eighth, ninth, 10th grade level, right? And maybe even in some cases, sixth and seventh, but it wouldn't be great for fourth and fifth. And so you want to be sure that the readability is clear, but also that it's not so long that they can't write from it easily. All right, so again, a couple of compounds. We can see in paragraph three, Dumbo was sad, comma, and he left the circus. All right, that's okay because that is a grammar skill that we have. In fourth and fifth grade, I teach all of the coordinated conjunctions for and nor but or yet so. And I teach that you can legally only make a compound sentence with a comma and a fanboys, not with a comma by itself and not with a fanboys for and nor but or yet so by itself. So that is a skill that the student is learning. So that would not be difficult for the student to write from if it is something that he or she is learning in grammar. All right, so I'm gonna go on down to the outlining lines. Well, let me go to the symbols first. All right, I, um, I'm getting ready to put this up as a freebie. So if you're not subscribed to Language Arts Lady blog, be sure you subscribe, you'll get this in a freebie very soon. And it will be a sentence by sentence outlining symbols poster and it'll have all of these symbols on it. And one of the reasons why we always have students outline from a source before they write from it is because we want to get them one step away from the source, right? Moving them away from the source helps them not to plagiarize, right? Not to steal the author's words. Likewise, making an outline a reasonable uh, number of words so more like 25% of the words of the whole sentence or, or 20 or 20%, it depends on the, the level, but um, you know, basically in my uh, you know, upper level books, if they have a 25 word sentence, then they maybe can use you know, seven or eight words in their outline. Okay, so we're going to use an outline to get them away from the source. Then we're going to have them keep the number of words that they use in their outline short so that we can, we're having two, um, two barriers to plagiarism. The first one is that they don't write directly from a source. The second one is that they outline using as few words as possible so that then they make it their own. A third way that we can do this is by using symbols, teaching them to use symbols. So my students all know that they can use any of these symbols in their outline and they don't count as part of their words for their outline. All right, so you can get this poster from Language Arts Lady blog, uh, watch your inbox. It'll be in a freebie Friday, um, probably in the first week of August or so. And you can grab that there. It'll also be a freebie at Teachers Pay Teachers at my Teachers Pay Teachers store. All right, so then you want to determine how many words you're going to let them use per sentence when they outline. Okay, so I'm at lesson A at the top here, study skills pre-writing. You want to determine how many words you're going to allow them to use when they outline. Again, keeping in mind that keeping the number of words short will help them to not plagiarize. All right. So here we have a sample. I have samples in all of my um, lessons, all of my all of my products. Every every assignment, 95%, maybe 98, maybe 99, they have samples. 
All right, so here's a sample sentence by sentence outline and a sample paragraph of that paragraph rewritten. So what I like to do is go over this with students and show the student that um, read paragraph two. Okay, look how that paragraph two is outlined here in the sample. And now look how it is rewritten. All right, so this is a really um, great thing to do together, like to outline the first paragraph all together. So you're on the board or the whiteboard or whatever, and you are just doing all the steps to outline the first paragraph. And then they're ready to do paragraphs two, three, and four. Um, so while you're doing this outline on the board, excuse me, while you're doing this outline on the board, you have a chance to use those symbols and to show them how to outline uh, sentence by sentence. All right, then of course, you guys write together that first paragraph, rewrite it, rewrite that story, that paragraph of the story, and you have a chance to show them how to change sentence structure, how to flip sentence structure, how to um, add openers, uh, how to change wording so that it becomes your own, the student's own. So you can see in the sample outline, we have some plus, plus, pluses, we have some arrows, we have some equals, we have some ups and some downs and some number twos and some numbers. So those will all be really helpful in helping the students stay within three to five words in each sentence. Now, also, whether you use one of my books with the sources given or you create the sources, uh, like I'm explaining here in this lesson, you want to be sure that they always put the topic a paragraph, okay? Again, that is going to be the thing that helps them to learn how, uh, how to divide paragraphs, okay? All right, so here um, you can see this is extension. So ex only the extension students will do the first paragraph, P-O-B-A, and then the everybody will do, says all, B, C, and D on the outlining space. All right, so, Again, you give them the, you're giving them the passage, you've chosen the uh, appropriate number of paragraphs, you have, you know, looked at the paragraphs, looked at the sentences to make sure that the readability is there um, for that level and uh, the writability as well. And now you give them outlining lines. All right. So this is how I give outlining lines in all of my books that say write from a given source. So anytime that students write from a given source. So in my tools and tricks, when I teach how to do this, as well as just in any lessons, write from a given source, write from a given source. Okay, that just means that I'm giving them the source. The mentor text is there for them to write from. All right, so you always want them to put the topic a paragraph and then they outline their sentences. Now there's, um, you'll, you'll hear two schools of thought when it comes to outlining from the source. One is you change the words from the source into the outline. So you don't use the words from the source in your outline, okay? The other school of thought is that you use the words from the source in your outline to be sure you don't use them when, they, when you write. That is the school of thought that I follow. That is the one that I teach. And the reason is because if they change them, first of all, you don't want them mixing. <laughs> you don't want them to do part of the time from the source, part of the time from their brains, because they will not know when something came from the source and that is a, a real slippery slope to plagiarism. Okay, then the second thing is that you, uh, the reason is that if they use the source's words, um, if they don't use the source's words, 
then when they write, they always wonder if they change a word from their outline and they write from it, am I using something from the source? They're always wondering that. Whereas I tell students put the exact subject, the exact verb, the exact places, names, people, dates, put the exact wording from the passage, from the source on your outline. And then when you write, don't use that. And this really helps my students to start getting away from the source and to writing it more originally. All right, so then they're going to write from the rough draft. There's some other lessons in there. And then I have stuck in here just for you, the checklist challenge that goes with this. Because in addition to teaching you how to choose and get sources and teach your kids to outline from that source that you gave, I also want you to have a free lesson that you can, that where I gave you the source that's appropriate for fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Now, some third graders can even write from this, especially if you just have them do one or two paragraphs, if they are used to writing. All right, so you'll have here your free passage, four paragraphs, your outlining symbols, the samples, the outlining lines, and then you'll have the checklist challenge that goes with that. And I like uh, you can look in the earlier screens and see the three episodes where I teach the checklist challenge. So anyway, I hope that this has been helpful to you. I have so much to teach um, after teaching and writing curriculum for 20 years, uh, actually um, private tutoring and so forth, it's been 30 years, but definitely 20 years of writing curriculum. Wow, I just realized it's been 22 years. So anyway, because <laughs> my son just turned, our youngest just turned 23. So uh, you can get your free weekly episodes uh, at languageartsladyblog.com forward slash how I teach the teacher's notebook sheets. You can get all of them so far, print them all off, put them all in your notebook, put dividers between them. You have free lessons. You can pull out and photocopy as you need, as you want to use those lessons. Um, they are at forward slash teacher's notebook. All right, I have some free products related to this episode. Uh, Mowgli 2, Peter Pan 3, and Mowgli 4. So those have more passages to write from, more passages to outline and write from at those levels. Um, and those are the freebies. And then these are different downloadable products that have paragraphs to write from. Some of them have the beginning writing boxes. Some of them have the advanced writing boxes. Um, they have um, passages like uh, Meet the Characters, Beauty and the Beast, Frosty the Snowman, Elves and the Shoemaker, um, Dumbo, Little Red Riding Hood, Alice in Wonderland, um, just so, 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 so many. Uh, Mowgli, uh, Jungle Book, Meet the Characters, um, Jungle Book, uh, Sentence by Sentence, Outline, Jane, um, uh, Jane Goodall, uh, just so, so many. And those are in those books. And of course, we have all of these also in the full semester meaningful composition books. All right, there is a lot for you at the back. So we can teach your students. I can teach your students writing or language arts in family style, small group, videos that I make, uh, co-ops, whatever you want, live or in person. Uh, my husband is hired to teach all of these subjects. If you just want to hire out one class from him, and we also have private tutoring. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been a pleasure to teach you how to take a source and make it into a, how to take a passage and make it into a writing source. Thanks again.